bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. Getting a little bit of weather out there, but we're all right. I'm just sort of sitting here still recovering. I've got painkillers. I've Try not to move around so much or relax, trying to get the grandkids to do some housework and yada, yada, yada. Gage is a little bit of a problem because, well, they're both a problem because they can't get their head out of a computer screen, pretty much. But other than that, I am healing up from the gallbladder thing, so it, it's working out. Uh, as long as I get the, the painkillers or Tylenol or something just to keep me somewhat comfortable and I don't move around so much, uh, my sleep habits have gone into the into the bin into the into the garbage and i've slept some and then not slept some and it's just it, it's weird but anyway i'm going to talk about equipment I, I just got this idea about equipment and about goofy equipment and it's not as goofy as it sounds so we'll tell you i'll tell i'll talk about this after this all right what i'm talking about is as a player, I mean, you know you have equipment lists. I just got a new equipment list for Basic Fantasy that I'm looking over, and I'm surprised that it's not real thorough, but it puts stuff up there like that I don't think about, like improvised weapons and things like that. You know, what is uh, what is different than, you know, uh, what does a foot do? What does a fist do? What does a broken bottle do? You know, then they, they break it down in general categories. But what I'm thinking of is, as a player, sometimes I like to I like to include equipment that's not on the equipment list, but really doesn't warrant. And I'm not talking about weapons. I could be talking about weapons. It could be a weapon. It could be armor. It could be. But usually it's mundane stuff. I, I've gone through a period, and I do this still every once in a while, where I create a character, and one of the things they buy is bear grease. I have no idea what bear grease is, but they buy it. And it's kind of a challenge. A challenge to the game master. It's like, I want a jar of bear grease. And then, you know, and it's all right. Now, don't abuse this as a player. But players, it's okay to make your GM work a little. And I'm not talking about just like what you do normally at the table. I mean, you know, you come up with something and then they have to define what it is. Of course, they can always throw it back at you and say, okay, what are you going to use this for? What do you need it for? What is it? I've done that before where I say I worship this certain God and they want to know a little bit more about that God. I've actually had to write a one-page paper on a God that my character worshipped at the time. And so, you know, they can do that, too. They can throw it right back at you. But the best thing is when you collaborate on it. Okay, what's bear grease? Bear grease is something you get from grizzly bears or something like that. I don't remember what I made up, but it was, it was along the line of Vaseline, if you know what I mean. Vaseline that smells. Yeah, it smells. But then again, Vaseline smells, too. But smells a lot better than bear grease. And I've actually had it be you know and once once you come up with something like that and the gm thinks about it and you think about it that is a benefit to your game master it really is because they can actually figure out what it does and it can 
it could actually lead to other things, maybe even an adventure hook. Who knows? So if you come up with something, I mean, even a modern equivalent for something, say, I want Q-tips. What are you going to use Q-tips for? Well, if you have the bear grease, you dip the Q-tip in bear grease, and we just did establish the bear grease is flammable or something like that. Put it on the end of your torches, light it up. You know, that's good good for bear grease. There you go. Uh, and we've you know we've already established this, so that could become that becomes a part of the campaign world, which is really neat. I mean, I like it when I get to make up parts of the campaign world. My friend Matt has an area of his Mythgarther land called Punchstein, because I came up with that because I had a character called Duke something or other of Punch. I can't remember the name of Punchstein. He only lasted like two sessions. But is it every time? Every time you know, you put something of this where it's like Duke, whatever a Punchstein. Okay, what's Punchstein? And I just left it off at that. I said, well, let's well, let's just make an area that's where he's from, because he was like minor nobility or something like that. And doggone, if he if Matt did not flesh out Punchstein, it was great. I love coming up with little things that. You know, that's that's part of your job, too, as a player. I mean, it's not only to come up with stuff the GM didn't think about and see where it goes, but, you know, stuff... Any 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 game master worth being a game... Worth his GM screen should welcome players who want to contribute to the world. I mean, they can't come up with everything. I wouldn't want to come up with it. As a GM, I don't want to come up with everything. My world is still, I still think, in like the, uh, it's its still in the, the forming phase. The, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've established like maybe three towns, maybe four, one area, and that's about it. Things happen. My world, I feel, gets established as it's being played. And my, in fact, I'm working on a book of my, my world, Earth, uh, Northern Europe. I'm working right on and off. I'm working to establish that world. And, you know, I've got this stuff that all the, all the other characters, all the other players has, have come up with, plus the stuff I've come up with. And I combine it and, hey, okay, let's do a chronicle of the world. Okay, cool. That whole cattle drive scenario took place in my world. And boy, did it establish a lot of stuff because they come up with stuff like bear grease or something like that. Or they say they want to do something and then I got to go, okay. Yeah, I think we can do that and figure out a way to do it. It's not all, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like work. That's what I'm saying. You know, you, I'd, I'd love to brainstorm with players. It'd be nice if you just sit down, you know, before a game, say an hour before a game and sit down with the players or a player, whoever wants to do, and just brainstorm about the world they're in, about the campaign world, because that means they're taking a bit of ownership of that world. Their characters become more immersed in that's how in that world. That's how you that's how they become immersed. And that can only lead to further adventures and more fun. If you've got a pre-published adventure and you want to plop it in your world, that's okay too. But what can you do to make it seem more like a world? But anyway, but coming back to the equipment thing, I uh, 
I now know that bare grease will get added to whatever equipment list I'm using or came up with. And it has a specific purpose. You might even, I mean, even take something like that and work it into, say, a, a spell or two. If they want to come up with their own spells, or better yet, they want to come up with, you know, the established spells, use it for established The grease spell. Say you only have, like, say one of the material components of a grease spell is a small dab of grease because they, the, the person who made the grease spell realize you're not going to have oil, grease, whatever, all the time. So a dab of whatever grease, I'll say bear grease, will, you can do this with the grease spell. So you take like a dab of grease spell, you can make it, co- you know, with the spell it covers X amount of yards, square, square yards, square feet of area. And so that can be worked into a spell. That makes the spell a little more personal. Personal to the caster, personal to the player, personal to the game master. That's the whole idea. So take, so find some unusual stuff, even if it's, like I said, modern equivalents of stuff, that you can work into a medieval setting. I'm not saying you're supposed... You should have cell phones and lasers, but you know, you're playing that kind of game. Oh, boy. But to me, everything is period. What I mean is everything is period is... Even when you're mixing in, like, say, sci-fi stuff in your fantasy, like like Astonishing Swordsman does a little... And to me, you take it in drips and drabs. And also, you do... It's not going to be recognized... To me, it's not going to be recognizable tech, but it will be tech. Like uh, the great race of Yith that Lovecraft came up with, they use an Astonishing Swordsman, they have lasers. They have like ray guns, lasers, whatever, pistols, but they don't look anything like a pistol that we know. They're like like this solid, they look kind of like a lightning bolt or something like that with weird stuff coming out of it. And it's got to, to me, tech has got to be alien tech as far as that goes. If you're going to do the pulp fantasy thing, where you do have these monsters from the stars come down and try and mess with people. It's got to be alien tech. It's got to be, it's got, first of all, it's got to be alien enough so the fantasy characters will say some kind of weird item that they were using, magic item, whatever, some kind of weird thing. But at the same time, the player's got to recognize it as tech. So there is that. They may have not seen electricity before. Of course, there are spells that, like Lightning Bolt, that's electricity. So, you've got that too. Anyway, I think you get the idea. Find some interesting things, equipment, things like that. Go ahead and try and introduce them to the world and see what happens. You can always take it out. Something can happen. I can justify anything. It's my world. I mean, I'm the narrator of this world. I can do that. Anyway, i got to go start my day. So... If you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. Once again, thanks, thank you to Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Sorez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, 
Jason, and John Allen Large. You guys are great. Thank you very much. Don't forget Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Grognard Podcast, Young Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, and Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Okay.